He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship and our Wednesday night refreshing. If you're watching online, we just want to say welcome to you as well. Hallelujah, Father, you're so good, you're so gracious. You are the faithful God. And we thank you, Lord, that you have prepared this night for us. And Lord, we're going to enter into your presence. And times of refreshing are going to come from your presence. And Lord, we're going to exalt the name of Jesus and give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Not by might, not by power. 
worship you tonight, Lord. Let's just lift our hands. We worship you in this house. Your greatness cannot be measured. Your joy cannot be ending. Your love is overflowing. It's the substance of you. in us and who works through your resurrection power. Thank you for your word, Father, that your word has free course tonight. And there's an unction from the Holy One. And Lord, we thank you that you are here and present. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. I love those who hunger and thirst after my righteousness, says the Lord. For I promise you, you shall be filled. You shall be filled to overflowing. So come and drink the living water. Come and eat the living bread. And I will satisfy your mouth with good things. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They're, they do an amazing job. Amen. Well, we're glad that you're here tonight. The Lord has something special for us like he always does. Glory to God. Just want to let you know that I uh, want to thank everyone who has given towards our kitchen project. We've already ordered our two new stoves. And uh, they'll be coming in, uh, I guess, by the 23rd or something like that. So we're excited about that. That uh, part is uh, complete. We're going to 
still get a, a new refrigerator and a ventilation system, and then we're going to work on the lighting in here. Hallelujah. If you're interested in helping in uh, Bible Adventure, that's where we bring kids from third, fourth, and fifth grade from Northside and Forge uh, once a week for an hour of Bible teaching. Uh, we're having a volunteers meeting tomorrow at 1.30 here. So if you're interested in that, you could uh, come and check that out. And uh, we're getting ready to uh, invade the middle school in October. Hallelujah. And uh, glory to God, we're excited about that. And ladies, oh, I'll tell you what, ladies, this is an exciting time. This Friday at 6 p.m., Woven starts again. Woven stands for women of victory who enjoy new life. We got any women of victory who enjoy new life? Well, Pastor Fiona's doing something different uh, this year, so you want to come and be a part of that and uh, check out what she's doing on Facebook, and uh, glory to God. And then um, men, uh, we're getting ready for our Everyday Hero Men's Conference, and that's coming up. Our special guest for that time is going to be John George. He's an evangelist out of Texas, and uh, we're going to level up. There is a cost for the conference. It's $35. But uh, you get food, you get fun, you get fellowship, and you get a touch by God. I think that's a pretty good deal. Amen? Amen. And uh, so we're going to have a good time. That's at the end of October. Any, any man age 12 and up is welcome to come. So uh, start planning, start preparing, and start getting ready, guys. Glory to God. Amen. And, of course... Uh, you have an opportunity to give into the kingdom tonight. You know, you're not giving to a church. You're giving to God. You're investing in the kingdom, whether it's your tithes or your offerings or both. Amen. And uh, God was the very first giver of all things. He gave us life. And he has not stopped giving. You know, he didn't give his gift and he's done. No, he gave us Jesus. He gave us the Holy Ghost. He gives us insight, amen? And uh, taking on the nature of giving is taking on the nature of God. So we ought to take joy in great giving, amen? Uh, do your, let your giving become your living, amen? And Father, I just give you thanks and praise. I bless every gift and giver as they give, Lord, and we just honor you. We thank you that you will receive their gifts and multiply it, increase it, and cause protection and provision to come to the givers in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're on watching online, you can do it through our website. Here you can do it anytime during the service. Amen. All right. We got some awesome kids in this place. Yes. Glory to God. We're excited about our kids. And we want our kids to have a great class tonight. So kids, have a great time. Have fun in the Lord. God, at VCF, we serve kids' food and adult food. Amen? And it's all good. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to a uh, portion of Scripture tonight in Acts chapter 17. Throughout this week, this uh, Scripture has kind of been rolling around. And... uh, Every time I would think about what the Lord wants to say, the scripture would keep coming up. 
So uh, we're going to get into this scripture, and we want this scripture to get in you. Amen? How many, how many, are you hungry tonight for God? How many are thirsting tonight for God? Well, you're in the midst of refreshing. Right now, there's refreshing flowing from God's presence. And you just being here, you're going to catch something. Not a cold, but you're going to catch faith. Amen? And in Acts chapter 17, and uh, I want to go to start at verse uh, 22. And then we're going to get to verse 28. That's the verse that was rolling around in me. Reading from the King James, the Bible says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Because they had something there that ignited Paul's, uh, it inspired him. He says in verse 23, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, where whom therefore you ignorantly worship him. I declare to you, they were worshiping someone that they didn't know. But Paul was about to communicate to them the true God. He was about to fulfill that, fill that gap and not for him to be unknown anymore, but to be known. There is a God. Amen. Can you imagine worshiping something that you don't know? Well, I hope this works. They were worshiping something that said to the unknown God. And Paul was about to communicate to him to them. Verse 24, he said, God that made the world and all things therein. Our God is a creator. Amen? Amen. If you don't have something and he doesn't have it available, he can make it for you. He brought, God is a specialist at bringing things into being that weren't there before. He is a creator. He is the creator of all things. Say, he created all things. Everything that we see, everything that we can't see, God created it. All right? And uh, so he created the world and all things are in, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. Praise God. We got two dimensions that we're operating in, heaven and earth. Amen? We're connected to heaven, but we're here on earth. Glory to God. But we have citizenship in heaven. We're just passing through this earth. This is not our final destination. Amen? Don't get too attached to this earth. Because heaven is a far better place. And pretty soon God's going to come back and there's going to be heaven on earth. But you know what? We can get some heaven on earth right now. You can read Deuteronomy about having heaven on earth. But Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. He dwells not in temples made with hands. He is bigger than what we think. This, this building here couldn't contain God. He doesn't dwell in temples that were made with, it, he doesn't dwell in temples that were man-made. Man-made can't contain God. But God-made can contain God. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands 
as though he needed anything. You know, have you ever thought, have this thought ever entered your mind? Hey, God, let me just help you out. And God's like, what are you going to do? You know, that happened with that happened with Abraham. God gave him a promise that he was going to be a father and it wasn't happening. It wasn't coming to pass. So his wife, Sarah, said, let me help you out, God. Let me give you my maid, Hagar. And uh, but the thing about it is Abraham didn't say no. He said, OK. Right. And uh, we know that that caused some problems, didn't it? That what Abraham did then is still existing today. So, you know, we need God's help. He doesn't necessarily need our help. He needs our participation, right? He needs our cooperation because one thing that God will never do, he will never override your will. He gives you choices. The choices are life or death, blessing and the curse that's set before you. And he gives you the answer. He said, now, I, I, I would that you choose life, but it is your choice of what you want. Okay? And he gives to all life and breath and all things. We were singing about the breath of God tonight. Do you realize when God formed man from the dust of the ground, he breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. And then in John 20, after Jesus was risen from the dead... He breathed on his disciples, recreating them in Christ. Amen. That's when they got born again. He breathed into them again the breath of life. And they were born again. Hallelujah. I love it. I remember when I was born again. It was the greatest experience in my life. Twelve years old. So he gives to all life and breath and all things. He has made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. It doesn't matter what color you are. We all bleed red. And then we come from one blood. Right? Just some of us spent some more time in the oven than others. Amen? But the enemy will try to stir up nation against nation, people against people, group against group. He's a divider. But God is a uniter. And he created, he made of one blood. Everybody say one blood. You know, we all came from the same man, Adam. All of us. And uh, God made us. Look at your neighbor and say, God made you. Say, Say to yourself, say, God made me. And because God made you, you're not junk, you're not a castaway, you're not a throwaway. You're good. You're very good. Matter of fact, you are the epitome of God's creation. You are the highlight. There was no other creature on earth that was made in God's likeness and in his image. You were. You were made just like God. You were made to to act like God, to think like God, to speak like God, to live like God. And he has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God gave the, God gave the seas boundaries, right? It's called land. Verse 27, 
that they should seek the Lord. The reason God made us is he, he longed for fellowship. He wanted fellowship. He wanted relationship. So he made a human being in his likeness and in his image so that he could communicate, talk with, walk with, hang out with, fellowship with. You know, God just loves being with you. He loves everything about you. He loves your voice. He loves the way you look, you know. He doesn't always love the way we act. Amen? But he loves us. And we're supposed to seek him. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. You know, God's not far from every one of us. And when someone really seeks God, they realize, oh, you were... You were pretty close all the time. Amen? And then here's verse 28. Here's the verse that kept rolling around in me. For in him we live. Woo! And move and have our being. You know, if God is a part of your life, that's the wrong thing. God needs to be your life. Don't just put God in the center of your life. No, he is the source of your life. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't live. God's not a part of my life. He is my life. He gave me this life. I am connected with him. And it's in him. Everybody say, in him. In him is all the benefits. In him is all the goodness. In him. You've got to be in him. And when you're in him, he's in you. There's an exchange that happens. You are no longer an old sinner saved by grace. The sin nature has been removed, wiped out, destroyed, done away with, thrown to the trash. You are a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Yeah, you were created in him. He is the key to everything. It's in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being or exist, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. How many, are, how many here are God's children? Yeah, you're his offspring. Amen? So we have, God made us to have a close union with us. God, God is not a God who's far away. He likes to be up close and personal. God is a personal God. He wants to be involved in your life. He'll be involved as much as you'll let him be. He'll never force his way into your life. He's a gentleman. And, but he's got a plan for you that's magnificent, that's perfect, that's wonderful. And the plan that he had for you is always the plan that he's had for you. Ever before you were born, he's got the same plan for you. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Whether you obey it or not, God has called you. God has given you an assignment. And as long as you're breathing, you can get your assignment. Do you realize Moses didn't start doing his assignment until he was 80? He was born in a time when there was abortion happening. You talk about abortion today, they were killing babies at two years old. Every male child actually was being killed under the, the, the law. But there was something about baby Moses when he was born, he just had this look about him. And his mama and his daddy, they kept him as long as they could. 
They hit him. You know, they made sure he didn't cry too loud. Right. And then but there came a time when Moses got a little bit too, too uh, uh, boisterous. Right. And so they built a little uh, ark for him. They put him in the Nile River with the crocodiles and they sent him down the river. And, and God brought him to the king's daughter. And he grew up in a palace. But he was supposed to be a deliverer. He was always a deliverer. He was created to be a deliverer. God knew what he was going to be before he was born. But it took Moses 80 years to figure out what his purpose was. Well, let's just say maybe he had an inkling that he was supposed to be a deliverer, but he did it his way and not God's way. You know, there's a difference. When you try to carry out God's purpose in your way, it's never going to work. Because it's in him we live and move and have our being. He is, he is our life. He's not the son. He's not my co-pilot. If God is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. He needs to be the pilot. He's the captain of the ship. Amen. He's the director. He's the administrator. He's your financier. He's your counselor. Amen. He's your advocate with the Father. Glory to God. He is your all and all. He is I am. I am I am whatever you need. It's in him we live and move and have our being. A close union with him. Glory to God. It, it's, it's in him. We can't exist apart from him. Jesus knew this. Go with me to John 5 for just a minute. John chapter 5 and verse 19. After he healed the man at the gate or at the pool of Bethesda, uh, look look at verse 16. And therefore the Jews... Did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him? Can you imagine you just got someone healed who'd been sick for 38 years and people want to kill you for it? Because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Ooh. Yeah, what day did they do it? Apparently for 38 years they didn't do it with that guy. There wasn't, there wasn't a good day where they healed because they had no healing power. Religion has no power to heal. Religion has a form of godliness, but it denies the power. Verse 17. But Jesus answered them, my father works here too, and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him, because not only had he broke the Sabbath, but also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Oh, you can't be like God. They'll kill you for it. (laughs) I got news for him. We're like God. We're made in his likeness. Likeness means like. Amen. Jesus answered and said, verse 19, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for what things soever he does, those, these things also does the son likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that himself does. He will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. See, Jesus had such a close relationship with his father. He he never did anything that the father didn't do. He never said anything that the father didn't say. He was in perfect harmony, perfect agreement, and that's how we need to be with Jesus. It's in him. In him we live and move and have our being. 
We don't have our, we don't live and move and have our being in our career. We don't live and move and have our being according to our family. Amen. God has to be first. He has to be the number one priority. He has to be at the top. Amen. Everything else is second. God is first. And, and there's too many believers that aren't living in him. They're certainly not moving in him. And they're certainly not existing because of him. They're living their own life. Their, 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 their praise song is Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. The enemy tried that and look what happened to him. So here we are in him. Ever say in him. Glory to God. What does it mean to live? To have such an intimate connection, an intimate walk with God. Is it possible for us to have the kind of relationship with God? With, is it possible for us to have a relationship with Jesus like Jesus had with God? Absolutely. Go to Hebrews 11 for a minute. Hebrews chapter 11. Glory to God. And look at uh, verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5. Anybody know what Hebrews 11 is known as? The Hall of Faith. You know, the football has the Hall of Fame. Christians have the Hall of Faith. What would you rather have, faith or fame? Well, when you have faith in God, God told Abraham, he said, I'll make your name famous. Hebrews 11.5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Everybody say he pleased God. Can you imagine a testimony leaving a legacy of your life? What were you known for? He was known for pleasing God. He was known for walking with God. He was known as a man who followed God's principles, who uh, practiced God's promises, who believed God's word, who uh, walked by God's voice. He had such an intimate, close relationship with God. He, he lived in him. He moved in him. He existed in him. Do you realize Enoch was 65 years old when he first met the Lord? Then he walked with God for three, or 300 days. And, and he got so close to God, he got so close to heaven, he got so consumed with the spiritual realm and spiritual things that God, he just bypassed death and he just stepped in over into eternity. I want to get so consumed with the things of God that when people look at me, they see Jesus. I, I want to be a representative of God on earth. Amen. I want to be a man of God. Ladies, you need to be a woman of God. It's a high calling. It has great reward and it requires great sacrifice. Yeah, if you, if you want to live in him and move in him and have your being in him, you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to say no to your flesh sometimes. You're going to have to be willing to be inconvenienced to take care of spiritual things because that's what God wants us to do. 
That doesn't mean we neglect the, the natural things. But let me tell you something. When God is first, everything else will take care of itself. God will give you the wisdom to be a good example for everything else that you need to on earth. But you've got to live in him, move in him, and have your being in him. It's got to be in him. It's all about him. I like what, what, what John said when he was baptizing. They said, oh, Jesus is baptizing more people than you. He said, he must decrease. I, I must, he must increase. I must decrease. Are you willing to decrease so that Jesus could be magnified in your life? Do you know Jesus told his disciples one time, if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. But if you lose, if you lose your life for him, you'll find it. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of believers that aren't willing to lose their lives. And they're still looking for themselves because they haven't found it. So to live in the Lord, it means to continue to live. It means you abide by his precepts. It means to live in him means to live and be strong. God doesn't want you living some weak life, some unsuccessful life. He wants you to live a victorious life. Jesus was victorious. He was, he made us more than conquerors. This is what it means to live in him. To be no longer dead. Hallelujah. I was dead in sin, but now I'm alive in Christ. Glory to God. I've been resurrected from a dead spiritual life where I was disconnected from the life of God. When you sin, you disconnect yourself from the life of God. It's like cutting an umbilical cord too early. But... Through repentance, you can get reconnected. Amen? I'm so thankful for repentance. God knew. Do you realize in Acts 3.19, in order to get the refreshing, the repentance comes first. He says, repent and turn your hearts to God, and then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we've got to repent. That means change direction, change the way we're doing things, change the way we think. So that we can live in him and move in. You know, living in him, moving in him and existing in him, you you will think differently. You will talk differently. You will act differently. People will see who you represent on this earth. To live. It means to enjoy real life. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have an abundant, overflowing, more than enough, plenty, too much life. That's the kind of life, an abundant life. Everybody say abundant life. God is the giver of abundant life, more than enough life, a rich life, a full life. I love when it talks about Abraham. He lived to be 175 years old. After Sarah died, he had six more kids. That anointing was working. He believed God to have Isaac, but when Sarah died, he married Keturah. Six more kids. He lived to be 175. The Bible said he lived to a rich, full age. Walking in the blessing of God at the end of his life. He was blessed. He lived a blessed life, and that's part of our heritage. 
to live. It means to have an active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. Woo! To live means we live by the gift and power of Christ. Glory to God. And to move means we set in motion. We get excited. We get stirred up. Come on. Saints are stirred up people. Saints are full people who are ready to express themselves to God at any given moment. Amen. We, it, we don't have to. We don't have to contemplate getting in the flow. We just step in. We jump in. Amen. When the spirit of God is moving, we're we're there right there. We're ready to go. Did you come in here ready tonight? Because in him we live and move and have our being. Hallelujah. And to exist just means we have our being in him. Hallelujah. Let me go over some benefits of what we get by living in him, moving in him, having our being in him. You know, in him we win. In him, there is no loss. There's only gain. Any loss that you suffer in the natural can be restored and recovered in the spiritual. All right, let's go over this. I don't know how far we'll get, but we'll get a little bit. Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. And I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. Can you listen quickly? Yeah, you're good listeners because you're part of VCF. Romans 3.23 or 3.22, I'm sorry, 3.22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. We get our righteousness by faith in Christ. When we are connected to Christ, when we live in him, move in him, and have our being, we become the righteousness of God. That means we have right standing with God, That means we are justified. That means uh, sin cannot pronounce us guilty. Hallelujah. That means we've been pardoned. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 verse 4. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 4. Glory to God. These are benefits that we have in him. He says, 1 Corinthians 1, 4, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. We get the grace of God, the ability of God, the favor of God, the goodness of God, the power of God by Jesus Christ. It comes through Jesus. Everything, every benefit comes through Jesus. And when we live in him, move in him, and have our being in him, we're walking in those benefits. We're walking in the blessing. How many want to walk in the blessing? How many want to live in the blessing? Say, I'm, you know, the Bible said you're blessed going out and coming in. You're blessed in the country, in the city, wherever you are. The blessing, it doesn't matter your location. What matters is the blessing. The blessing can make a desert a fruitful field. The, be, the, the blessing can make something barren uh, like a forest. Amen. 
You know, when I went to India, this is how blessed I was. My phone company gave me a month free of data, uh, texting, and uh, data usage while I was in India. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Communication is important. God values communication. So grace was given to us through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And notice verse 5, that in everything you are enriched by him. Say, I'm enriched by him in all speech and in all knowledge. To be enriched means to have much in number and quantity. It means to have fullness. It means to make rich and to be richly furnished. So God gives you grace so that you can be enriched in how many things? All things. See, I'm enriched. Glory to God. Being in him, living in him, moving in him, having our being in him, it enriches our life. It enhances our life. It makes our life better. It improves the quality of life. Why? We're connected to a life giver. We're connected to wisdom. We're connected to understanding. We're connected to power. We're connected to peace and strength. And it's always accessible. Because he's always with us. Hallelujah. First uh, Corinthians 2.10. First Corinthians 2.10. Any of you like benefits? You get excited about benefits? I know I do. I like to know what's in the package. Amen? God's got a package for us. Better than Amazon? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. All the things, how are, you, how are we going to know all that God has given to us? It is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and he says, oh, this is for you. Oh, here, this is for you also. Oh, wait, this is for you also. God has things prepared for us that our, our natural eyes, our natural ears, and our natural uh, knowledge won't find out, but it's through the revelation. As you communicate to the Holy Spirit, he communicates with you, and he shows you what belongs to you. He's your own personal tour guide of, heavens, of heaven and all that heaven offers. Amen? Oh, go to 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, some of these may cause shouting, but that's a good side effect. 2 Corinthians 2.14. This is all has to do with in him, with him, through him. Now, thanks be unto God. When? When? Right now. Right now, you can give thanks to God. Why? Which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. In other words, oh my goodness, thanks be unto God. Not right now. He always causes you to triumph. If you're going to face a challenge tomorrow, you've already beaten it. 
You've already won. You've already overcame it. You've already defeated it. Why? He always causes you to triumph. And in your triumph, there's a fragrance. Oh, you smell like victory. There's a victory. Is that a new cologne? Yes, my victory cologne. It leaves a fragrance wherever I go. It fills the room. It changes the atmosphere. It changes homes. People say, what you been on? I've been on JC and the HG. You want some? Hallelujah. He always causes us triumph. Where's our triumph? In Christ. Not away from him, not apart from him, but in him. He's, go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Familiar verse? But this is in him. Why? In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. He's it. He's all of it. We, we live for him. I stopped living for me a long time ago. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if any man, does that include anybody? If any man be in Christ, being in Christ is a choice. Being in Christ is a decision. It's not automatic. You've got to choose. You've got to say, Christ, come in. When you choose Christ, you are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All things have become new. We've been grafted in, joined to him by faith, and his Holy Spirit is renewing us. So you're a new creature. The old man is perishing, but your inward man is being renewed day by day. I'm getting fired up. I'm going higher up. Glory to God. And I'm not going to burn up. You know, I've been pastoring this church for with with, uh, my wife, Dr. Fiona. For 20 years, and we passed up marvelous opportunities to be burned out. We passed them out. We passed them up. Amen? Getting burned out. Why? I'm having the time of my life. I'm doing what I'm called to do where I'm called to do it. I found my purpose. And for this season, for right now, it's here in Palmyra. Passing out inheritance and purpose for everybody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 20. Same chapter, verse 20. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. So we're ambassadors for Christ. We're his divine representatives. We're chosen delegates. And we are his elected Officials, did you know that you are God's elect? God elected you. That means he chose you to represent him. Hallelujah. We are here on this earth representing the king as we live and move and have our being in him. Glory to God. You've been elected. You didn't even know you were elected. There was only one vote. And there was only one vote that mattered. You know, there's only one opinion of your life that matters, and that's God's. Any other opinion about you, just let it go. The one you need to be concerned about is God's opinion of you. What does God think of you? How does God view you? You are everything that God says you are. 
you can have everything that God says you can have. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to Galatians 3.29, my favorite verse of all time. I could quote it, but I'm going to let you read it. Galatians 3.29. And if, everybody say if. Whenever you see if, that's conditional. If you be whose? Christ. Who's Christ? He's the anointed one. If you be anointed, say I'm anointed. Hallelujah. The anointing is the power of God. If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are heirs in Christ. We have an inheritance in Christ. Someone died and wrote us in their will. It was Father God. Jesus died. And we are, we've been wrote in. And tonight you're at the reading of the will, finding out what's been given to you. Glory to God. I just need some people who are bold possessors. They're not afraid to possess their inheritance. They're not afraid to walk as an heir of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. We got, God gave us some stuff. And everything that he gave us blesses us, helps us, promotes us, provides for us, supplies for us. Hallelujah. See, I belong to Christ. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and verse 8. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. He said, uh, well, let's look at uh, verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. How many know we got to stand for freedom? we gotta, we, we got to... Christ made us free, and he didn't make us free to sit there like a frog on a log. He made us free to get in the game. He made us free to do our purpose. He made us free so that we can fulfill his plan and his will for our lives. But we got to stand fast in the freedom. Now, don't get entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Do you have the power to say no? Then when, when, when Satan wants to get you entangled again, you have the power and the ability to say no because you're in Christ and Christ overcame, uh, Satan. He made a show of him openly. He whooped his behind so bad and he led a procession throughout the spirit realm where all the spirit beings could see how whooped Satan was. Colossians talks about it. Hallelujah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. This is loaded. Who? hallelujah. This has got some extra sugar. This has got some extra syrup on your pancake. Amen? This is extra barbecue sauce for your ribs. Glory to God. This is the mother load of in him. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. Having 
predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Hallelujah. We've been predestined. In other words, God designed your life before you ever came into it. He's written a book about you. He, he, he designed you beforehand. He set you up with a plan of success and he put you on the right course. And we are adopted to him through Jesus. Glory to God. I'm an adopted Jew. I work for a rich Jew. His retirement plan is out of this world. He's into several businesses. Hallelujah. All right, verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Say, I'm accepted. We are recipients of God's glorious grace and favor that he has freely bestowed upon us. Hallelujah. Verse 7, in whom, in whom, notice there's that phrase, in whom, in him we live and move and have our being. We have redemption through his blood. Not going to get it, not on its way. We already have it. It's already ours. It belongs to us. All we got to do is possess it. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Say, I'm forgiven. Say, I'm redeemed. That belongs to us. God, God added value to us. He brought us from the pit of despair. Hallelujah. He brought us from a pile of ashes and made something beautiful out of us. Glory to God. But it's in him that we have this. Not apart from him, not away from him. It's in him. It's with him. It's through him. Verse 8. Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Everybody say all wisdom. If there's any wisdom that we lack, how can we get it? We can ask to him who gives to all men liberally. Father, I don't understand this. Can you show me how to do it? Lord, I don't know what this means. Can you explain it to me? Do you realize when Jesus taught in parables, you know what the disciples did every time that they were alone? What did you mean by that? And you know, Jesus would explain uh, the meaning of the parable. Those who he told it to didn't necessarily understand what it meant. So the, the disciples, when they were alone fellowshipping, when they had that communion time, right? I'm not talking about taking communion, but I'm talking about fellowship, communication, right? They'd say, what did you mean by this? And he would explain the parable to them. See, God tells his secrets to those who love him. Amen. There's not a secret that God won't share with you if you ask him. You know, the secret things belong to God, but those that are revealed belong to us. Hallelujah. Are you excited about being in him? Verse 9. How many ever heard the phrase, God speaks in mystery, or God works in mysterious ways? You ever hear that phrase? Okay, well, let, let, me, let me just debunk that right now. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. If you know the mystery, is it in a mysterious way any, any, anymore? No, God has given to us to know the mystery of his will. Therefore, it's not mysterious to us. Why? Because we have a relationship with him. And he shows us what the mystery is. 
Amen? Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He, 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 he takes pleasure in showing us things about him and about his kingdom. It pleases God to show you the in and outs, the inner workings of things. You know, like Ezekiel, he had a vision of a wheel within a wheel, right? That's just the inner workings of God. God will show you. He'll give you insight. He'll give you understanding. How many people in Egypt knew that there was going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine? One. His name was Joseph. Where did he get that information? He got it from God. Why? God had a plan to save his people and he needed a man on the inside. So God put a man on the inside. Daniel was, the the king said, I want you to interpret my dream. And so all the wise men of Babylon said, okay, tell us the dream. I'm not going to tell you my dream. You've got to interpret it for me. That's crazy. How are you going to interpret a dream when the person who had the dream doesn't tell you what the dream was? But Daniel knew the revealer of secrets. So he went with his friends, they went to the house, and they began to pray. And he said, Father, we know that you reveal secrets, show us this secret. And guess what? Daniel was given the king's interpretation, and otherwise he was going to die. You know, I guess if your life is threatened, you're you're more likely to pray. No, you shouldn't. Not if, you, if you're living in him and moving in him and having your being in him, praying is just, it comes naturally. It's a habit. Everybody say a habit. Yeah, it's a good habit. Oh, I have to pray. And you're not living and moving and being in him. You're trying to do it in the flesh. You know, you can't please God through your performance. You can only please God through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please him by performance. You can't please him by being good enough. You can't. You can only please him by believing him. And when you believe him, you're going to act a certain way, talk a certain way, think a certain way. Amen? Say, it's not by performance. It's by faith. And he gave us the measure of faith. What are you doing with your measure? What are you using your measure of faith for? Do you still have the same measure that you were given? Or did you, or did you increase it? Mm, that's food for thought right there. Okay? Um, verse 11. In whom we also have obtained an inheritance. That makes me want to jump right there. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things out after the counsel of his own will. Say, I've I've obtained an inheritance. inheritance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Ephesians 2.1. My list is too big for me to share with you all in this time. Get a smaller list, pastor. Never. I always come with extra ammo because you never know what you're going to have to aim at. Amen. I like to have an arsenal. 
of Scripture. Ephesians 2.1 And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others but God. Woo, that was a great time for God to butt in. Amen? But God, who was rich in mercy... For his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ, made us alive. Hallelujah. You've been made alive in Christ Jesus. God put some gunpowder on the inside of you and he lit the wick. And it's time to explode for God. It's time to explode in your purpose. It's time to explode in all the things that God has for you. This is the best time that we're living in right now with all the things that are happening in the world for the world to see true believers. People who actually love God, who live in him, move in him, and have their being in him. Who are fearless, who are bold as lions, who are believing God. Amen? You can't trust the government. You can't trust the economy. But you can trust God. God, God's kingdom works irregardless of what's happening in the earth. Because God's kingdom is above the earth. God operates in the supernatural realm where the world only has the natural realm. We have supernatural power, supernatural access, that we can have supernatural success. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. These are things that we have in him. Things that he accomplished for us and he gave to us. Amen. He's already done it. The deal has been done. It didn't cost us anything. We just have to receive what's already been done. Amen. We just have to possess what he promised. You know, all of his promises in Christ, you know what they are? Yes and amen. Can I have that? Yes. And you say, amen. Right. Can I have that father? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so pleased when you grab a hold of his promises and you start putting that promise. You start making it available in your life where people can see it where people can hear it. Amen? The blessing of the Lord that makes you rich. And it adds no sorrow to it. You're not going to regret being blessed. Oh, I just was too blessed. (laughs) Being blessed was such a burden. No, he adds no sorrow. The blessing makes you rich. Christ became poor so that we could become rich. Rich is a Bible word. And you don't have to. (laughs) It's not by natural means, but it's by supernatural power. That God works. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, let the blessing begin to flow 
and begin to work in the name of Jesus. You, you're, you're taking them to another level. And I give you thanks and praise, Father, that where you're taking them, you can sustain them. And you will uphold them. You're their supplier. You're their provider. You're their father. Oh, hallelujah. Father, just pour out your goodness upon them in Jesus' name. I just see like a a big blanket enfolding you. That's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus.